I have a new name for the show, by the way. What's that? The Profit Surge Podcast. Dude, I'm a genius! <laughs> oh my god, who invited this guy? <laughs> Dude, we are Bruh. rolling. Barry, do you think a rebrand is in order for the name of the show? No way. You crazy? Oh man, really? Darth, Darth oh. Vader, what about you? No! Oh. Yep. No. Everyone's exactly. saying no. All right, bad idea. Let, let me ask my wife first. Hey, hon, do you think um, we should rename the show? Oh, hell no. <laughs> That's hell what I no. That's what I thought. Wow. All right, so you know what? <laughs> Screw it. We're going to stick with the Profit First Podcast. Boom, and we're going to do episode 109. Yeah. Ah. Oh, jeez. Bring Man. the energy. <laughs> Did your face oh. is red? Is it red? Is it red? I do get red. I do. I did. Wow. I do. Some well, jack. Welcome to the show, everyone. You're in for it. Hope you got your seven-point harness strapped in. I'm Chris Curran. I'm the founder of Fractal Recording and the soon uh, podcast engineering school. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And the Mystic Show. And the Mystic Show. Uh, host. And I, I'm Mike Michalowicz, the author of Profit First. Yes. And Surge. the newly... Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, thanks, th- thanks for ruining that, oh, man. Oh, jeez. Oh. Uh, and Surge. Uh, and it's available on Amazon uh, right now. And I'm joined in the studio by Christina Bulldog. Hey, there. Oh, I get it, Chris. You were doing Surge to the beat of the music. I thought you were just revealing the book name before I could do the pinnacle. You thought you were being a jerk. (laughs) I was. I was at the threshold moment. Oh. Oh. Ew. Ew. Um, You're listening to the Profit First Podcast. This is a show where we explore all elements of profitability, which may, hint, hint, even include, hint, hint, surging your business forward today. Was that a hint? Yeah. No, that was not a hint. <laughs> it just seemed like it was a hint. That was a subliminal message. Oh, of course. I did not say the word hint. Hint. Chris, That's what right. can I find out about us uh, or listen to you us? You can hear us in any app which has podcasts, including uh, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and you might want to surge your way over to uh, the website, Profit First Podcast. Mm. Dot com <laughs> and uh, all our previous episodes are there. Seriously, I was happy to hear that someone really loved our hundredth episode. Remember when we did the yeah. intro to the hundredth episode and we totally oh went off the hook? And even off Mike McCallowitz said, <laughs> "Yeah, Mike McCallowitz was like, dude, I think we went too far. <laughs> that was too much. That was too much." I said, "No way!" So go yeah. back, listen to episode hundred, and uh, this is great. What uh, just? If you don't know, we basically interview an expert. We talk about profit, and then we we uh, after that, each of us gives our takeaways on what we learned, and that's how this works. Because revenue it is is good. Revenue is yeah, oh yeah. But profit is hell yeah, oh yes, yeah. please mm. yeah. Oh, mm. <laughs> so, and sometimes it's an expert. Sometimes it's someone that has successfully implemented Profit First, mm-hmm. sharing their story and hopefully encouraging you to follow suit. And sometimes it's someone just starting out. And uh, today's episode is interesting. Greg Scully reached out to us, mm. um, apparently an Uber fan. Yes. He listen, <laughs> he, listen, he listens to, he binge listens to this. He's read and listened to all my books. He's uh, a, a fan of Chris's. He listens to The Mystic Show. He even said he would buy a CD if Christina had one. And her, <laughs> eyes, went, her eyes went wide open. She's like, I'm making a CD tonight. <laughs> Of course. Profit. Um, And so in Greg's case, 
uh, he discovered Surge and thinks there's an opportunity for his business. So we're going to explore actually how to surge your business forward. That's why you perhaps, even though I didn't say the word hint hint, perhaps you heard the hint hint. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but Chris, first, tell me what you've been up to, my brother. You know, I am just psyched about summertime, and it's our first summer here in Colorado Springs. And it, during the day, sometimes it can get pretty hot. The sun is direct. You know, being at sixty six hundred and eighty feet elevation. The, the actual direct sun is more powerful than at sea level. I don't know if you know oh. that. It's not just the no. air that's thinner up here. It's uh, it's the sun is more powerful. And it's I mean, considered the sense. high desert. So that's huh. why I'm going to rent a horse and, and dress up as Clint Eastwood and just you know roam the hills, I think. And you can play that America, <laughs> America song, Horse With yeah. No Name. Dun, dun, dun. In right. the desert. I'll have a little speaker. No I'll bla- be blasting our podcast to the masses. Nice. I what do you, you guys Dude, I love it. So, Christina, have you been up to anything exciting? Uh, you know, I've been going to a lot of concerts this summer. Me and Alex, we've been going up to Bethel Woods in uh, New York. Oh, okay. And it's I love that venue. It's very, like, nature-esque. <laughs> Who did you see but, most recently? Uh, we Well, most recently we went to see Steve Winwood and Steely Dan. Oh, right. <laughs> which right. was interesting. And then before that we went to see Journey. And in a couple of weeks we're going to see Shinedown. So. Wow. Uh, oh, yeah, cool. it's nice to be have someone to do things with again. <laughs> was, I love Journey, by the way. Is Journey yeah. awesome? Oh, they were great. They, they um, recruited a new guy that sounds exactly like the oh god what's the old Perry. lead singer I can't yeah thank you oh, exactly right. like him it was right. amazing and so yeah so Christina's off the market guys <laughs> so she's for like seven months now yeah I know <laughs> but I know but some people are like hey you know tell me about Christina <laughs> she's off the market she's going to concerts with her beau <laughs> who had the, you had your first fight we did we had our first like big world adult fight and it, you know it kind of reassured me because we kept it clean we didn't do any name calling and yeah. i was like wow we really have respect for each other if we can keep it like this yeah like, nice. like what couple doesn't fight so that's freaking awesome yeah. right so you, you um, got a while to go before you get to the level of you know the war of the roses type thing right exactly oh right right we're swinging from <laughs> chandeliers and trying to kill each other uh for me i was gonna, was gonna share well basically i wanted to share for the update here is we now have furniture on the deck mm. and Chris is like so jacked about it. we always had furniture but it was cruddy stuff now we have like a nice couch out there and I'm thinking about putting a television out there because I'm a college football fanatic uh, my school that I root for is the Hokies and uh, so I'm su- subscribed to see every single game but I've always watched inside and then like no one else here cares about football so my kids like oh daddy you have to watch football and my wife's like can we put on War of the Roses and I'm like oh my god I just need my own place for football I'm claiming that deck, even when it's November and it's freezing outside, I always sit there shivering watching football. You better tell her because that's going to play into her decor technique. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's already been a conversation and um, here's how I got past it just real quick. Oh. I brought out, I have a projector. So I brought out a projector and I hooked up to a laptop there and played her favorite movie. And she's Aww. like, oh, this is actually very nice. Nice. That's a trick. Played yes. it well. So you're setting up a man deck instead of a man cave. Man, exactly, because I can't have a man. <laughs> with, with flower well, the man <laughs> cave is, pillows. The man cave is our office of now seven people. Yeah. So um, so one more thing before we bring on our esteemed guest. I know, uh, I want to thank our uh, corporate partners, but also we had a shout out, right? Yeah. Well, um, our shout out is to Greg. <laughs> oh, from our esteemed guest. Yeah. Really? Oh. Why don't you just read a few sentences from his email? Yeah, no, he he um, had a little note about Surge, actually. he Before the book even came out, he had listened to the first chapter of that bonus episode that we did, and it resonated with him, and he just said that kind of positioning is exactly what they have in mind for their niche, and he feels that they may be even a little early to the concept, as Mike was when writing the book, um, and that's kind of what sparked us 
talking to him about his business. Yeah, so that email was awesome. That was awesome. I love getting stuff like that and uh, is the reason Greg's going to come in on the show in a second. I want to thank Fundera, Nextiva, uh, Receipt Bank, and Fundbox. They are all sponsors of the show. We'll give you more details on them in just a little bit. You know, Greg uh, and his wife, Kim, have been operating Magpie Clothing Exchange as a storefront in Palmer, Alaska, and online since 2014. Their goal is to transition into full-time entrepreneurship with an emphasis on e-commerce, right? I mean, that's where the opportunities are at. Uh, but he hasn't been an entrepreneur his entire life. Uh, in fact, he took a, a little break for about 25 years between projects and being a lead vocalist for Alaska's most <laughs> most middle-aged yeah, <laughs> punk rock band. Whoa. Um, and is now all in with Magpie Clothing Exchange. He... Greg originally reached out about a month ago. We were booking him again on the show, and we had some tweaks we had to right. make. He was very flexible. We appreciate that. Um, and his initial question about cash management was addressed uh, by himself. So I want to find out how. And now he wants to talk about Surge. So, Greg, I want to welcome you to our show. Welcome. Mm-hmm. Here I am. Are you there? We can barely hear you. Here, put oh, your... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Oh, there we no, go. No, put your put your ear push. It. Can you hear us? Because put the speaker a little closer to your ear, if you would. Is it the speaker? Yeah, the I mean, mic you're real is, close. The can, mic is like r- right on my lips. Yeah, that's perfect. Now that's oh, exactly. That's okay. exactly how I hold my microphone when I'm singing. Nice. Oh, do you really? How hey, long have you been a hold on a second, punk rock? Greg? Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. Don't put. Don't really keep the mic. <laughs> that close okay yeah how's this keep it, where you, keep it where you had it you're fine i tried to i tried to clip it to my uh lovely shirt and apparently that threw off the whole thing no no no, no it's no, fine no. he it was, was saying it was a build speakers up to it not joke. not the mic the speakers like he the, was making a joke speakers. yeah he was making a oh. joke <laughs> your ear it was it was a horrible joke oh um, my hearing's <laughs> gone <laughs> yeah oh jeez right so no. the opportunity's missed so here here's what we gotta do first i gotta know about your punk rock band like what is up with that um it's been about nine almost ten years uh we're uh we're evil ted and the thick pink antiseptic is the name of our band and uh, (laughs) pink antiseptic okay (laughs) and uh yeah we're we're just uh 80s three-chord punk plug and play stuff (laughs) okay so so you're doing covers then Oh no, we do a few covers. No, we do mostly originals. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. I love three chord rock or punk or three chord anything because then I can do it myself. <laughs> um, so you opened a storefront, Magpie uh, Clothing Exchange in Palmer, Alaska, and I know you have a retail outlet. Are you getting enough volume there to sustain the business, or is e-commerce a necessity now? E-commerce is not a necessity. We're not in the sense that we're not relying it on any cash flow because it's not producing any. Um, okay. So our brick and mortar is is what is keeping the doors open. And uh, I knew e-commerce was hard, but and then we're very niche And then when we started to go down a road of talking to some people about SEO and getting traffic, I found out, you know, just how small of a niche we are when you really start to look at like AdWords and, and search results. So 
instead of just throwing money at advertising, we're working very hard to do the organic approach. So, all right. Well, well, tell me first, how niche are you? Who exactly are you serving with your store? Our brick and mortar. We're uh, a nice as new women's resale store with an emphasis also on sustainable fashion. And the sustainable fashion part of it is what the niche is. And what sustainable fashion is, um, it's mostly fair trade, a lot of organic, a lot of small batch. Uh, mm. It's ethically produced. Um, think of Whole Foods as compared to Albertsons. It's, gotcha. It's that side of the fashion industry. Some people are calling it slow fashion. Fast fashion is the antithesis of what we're about. And for us, the, the resale side of it is sustainable in itself. So we marry the two together, selling new and used clothing under the umbrella of sustainable because, you know, it's part of the reduce, reuse, recycle type thing. I got you. So you said it's nice, as nice as new. Does that mean these are previously owned clothing outfits? Correct. Yeah, probably 80-85% of what we have on the floor we buy from the public and, and just resell. So similar to a Plato's Closet or a Buffalo Exchange or some yep. of the... Um, but I don't know how big your market is. For such a niche product, sustainable fashion, Is can you generate... Can you purchase enough locally to supply your store adequately? Well, we're not buying... We'll buy from the public really any brands we actually sell mostly on condition is is the number one thing that that drives whether or not we buy something from the public it's just that our it's our new inventory that is exclusively categorized as sustainable by its uh you know by how it's made or who makes it gotcha. get what i'm saying yeah, I do. I do. Now, g give me a sense for the size of your business. I, I hope you're comfortable. I should have asked you prior to going on air here, but can you share kind of the volume of sales that you have annually and, and just so we can get a sense of the makeup of your store? Oh, yeah. We're uh, we're small. We're, uh, the first year, we weren't open a whole year. I think gross sales was like 66000 Second okay. year was in the 70s. And I don't, we're kind of, we're actually flat to just barely up for 2016. Okay. And so this isn't a full-time endeavor yet, I believe. You're, you're working part-time elsewhere, right? I still work full-time corporate. Uh, oh, okay. My, my lovely wife is the, the face of the store and is here the bulk of the time we get some help from our daughters as well and I, and I work at the store occasionally too I, you know i spend most of the time you know trying not to be the awkward middle-aged guy working in a women's clothing <laughs> store uh, right so a young woman comes in it's like who's the guy there yeah i've had yeah right. who's that who's the creepy gray-haired guy behind the counter yeah you know? yes. creepy oh when no. I, I know, oh yeah, I, I, yeah, that's not. It might be all in my head. I don't know. You know, our regular customers, they don't care. But yeah, sometimes I feel like, oh, I can't believe what kind of vibe I might be sending out. Or <laughs> I know, it's true though, Christina. Yeah, 
I, I mean, I don't know. I'm not a creepy dude. So. No, no, you know. No, you're I'm not a creepy him. dude either. I just don't no, want to be perceived as one. Are you calling Greg creepy? I'm just kidding, Greg. So I think I, some women um, do that, though. They do look around and like anybody who's a little off, they're like, ooh, creepy. Like, you can get, get dude, paranoid you don't have about to be off. anything. Well, you know, it's not that I'm off. I'm just out of context. Right. Exactly. That's right. Why, we're making our guest defend himself. <laughs> Great. I've been there. I've been there. I uh, I went to a college campus to speak, and I'm walking down. It's all these co-eds, right? And here comes this middle-aged, 45-year-old guy. I felt so student. disgusting. Because oh, they're all 18-year-old girls, right? And, they, and then I've also spoken at women's events. And you walk into the room, and everyone looks over, and they're like, what's going on? <laughs> and are you the creepy, gawky guy? Mm. Or... Are you someone else? And um, it, it's a real challenge. It's a real challenge. So I think, Greg, what you're doing is kind of stepping aside is probably the appropriate thing. So how do? What's your the best thing you're doing for the business? How are you contributing to the business? I do most of the social media. I do the bookkeeping. Uh, are the social media I pictures of you bills. wearing the clothing? <laughs> right. Yeah. It's, yeah. A lot of selfies <laughs> of me in tank tops. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, but uh, write copy for ads, uh, yeah, all the online advertising. Uh, yeah, I do ba- basically most of the, the back office work. Gotcha, gotcha. So you originally reached out and you said, hey, we got a cash flow issue going on. And then uh, we had to delay you, unfortunately, uh, and you were very kind to be flexible. But you said, hey, I, I figured out actually some hacks around my cash flow. Now I want to talk about Surge. Let's talk real quickly. How, how did you address your, what was your cash flow issue? And how did you fix it? And then let's get into the Surge. Uh, we were business. very old school. We spent about a year putting a business plan together, you know, ended up with an SBA loan, um, drew off of that for a year and a half. And then, of course, it turns into a note. You know, once it became a note, we had this fixed P&I, which was, you know, 800 bucks a month. So before we closed the note, you know, I took X amount out as working capital. And Mm -hmm. as we're still trying to, you know, grow the business, we, we would have to dip into the working capital. And what we ended up doing is really is we basically went all in and with some personal finance hacking, we're paying off the business loan to increase basically our cash flow so that that debt service it's not going to be erased it is being basically refinanced in a separate way so it's not as much of a cash flow issue for us i got you i got you and what what kind of what size loan did you take out for your business um we owe 47 on it so i was in grand yeah we were I think we were allowed to do like 72, but we came in at like 60 total or something like that. We actually came in under what the we were approved for. Okay. But we owe 47. So that's definitely. And so you're right now, how you got around in the short term or, or perhaps longer term is you're using some personal financing and so forth. But clearly. Yeah, we're basically all in now. I mean, instead of going all in, you know, by doing like an equity thing out of your house on day one, we had basically, right. basically a bridge loan until this point. Right. And now that's your situation. You're all in, meaning you're using personal finances. You, you've inserted your your own capital, your own money to get this business to where it is today. Right. Yeah. Okay. So 70000 won't pay back 47000 That's just how it works. Mm-hmm. So we got to grow this business. You discovered Surge. You started reading it. And uh, 
I know you have some questions. How, why did Resurge resonate with you, and what, what can we do to get your business growing? Well, the way fashion is going to go, it's going to revert back. This is, of course, my opinion. It's going to revert back to what it was you know, 50 years ago before globalization, and we started outsourcing labor to, to everywhere. Mm-hmm. And everything just was just made cheaper and cheaper and cheaper. So, you know, it's similar to how food moved. People have found that, you know, because something is cheap and immediately available and satisfies your immediate want, it may not necessarily be good for you. And the same thing we feel is going to happen with fashion, that the the appetite for $3 T-shirts, once people are more educated on the you know, second tier effects of their buying decisions, Mm. it'll revert back to buying less, buying higher quality, and buying longer term. So, you know, when organic food used to be the little corner of the Albertsons, now there's Whole Foods across the nation. To some extent, we feel fashion's going to go the same way, that there'll be a a much bigger market for what is what is now a very small market for what is generally called sustainable fashion. Well, and that's, let me that's, ask you. that's 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 where we think we're ahead of the curve of the of the market. So um, I don't even know if this answers the question, but I I wonder if it's facing our audience when it comes to thinking something's happening and improving it out. Those are two separate steps. Uh, I'm thinking of the electric car right now. The electric car is what I call an imminent wave. And I talk about this in Surge, something that's immediately upon us. I think if we had a discussion around the electric car five years ago when Tesla was starting up, 10 years ago, you know, 10 years ago, the electric car was a golf cart. Um, it was a theory. Five years ago, uh, you have a big player now trying to get into it, but it wasn't proven. But now we see that in any neighborhood, I bet you in Alaska where you are uh, in your own town, perhaps there's a Tesla driving around. There's a couple in this town, and Tesla's now got 400,000 orders. There is clear momentum that the early adopters have taken on this product and they're sticking with it. And now the secondary market, 400,000 orders, is coming in. And, and that's only secondary. There, there's bigger markets. These are the laggard uh, early adopters, if you will, who, who bought the Tesla. They're, the opportunity in electric cars, I would argue, exists now is the big time. All the different ripple effects and needs. Do you... Do you see, Greg, that in um, when it comes to sustainable clothing, do you see early adopters? Are there is there communities out there that are buying this type of clothing now and are sticking with it? Meaning, other people are looking at them and saying, "You could have got a three dollar T shirt. You bought what?" And that early adopter is willing and able to stick through their purchase and actually buy more clothing like that. Yeah, it but it seems to be mostly overseas. Uh, it's it's much more popular in England and Europe, and also specifically in Australia. Just as accepted in the marketplace with some, you know, multi-million-dollar brands that are doing very well. Um, over here, it is just starting to catch on. And what we see, it's very fragmented. There's a lot of very small designers coming up, doing very small runs. So they're not only producing it, 
getting it sewn or working across, you know, getting it made in India and getting it imported. And then they're also trying to sell it online. Mm. So everybody, so we're in a very small niche with a lot of fragmented players all fighting for what is now a considerably small audience. So yeah. we're thinking that we would be the marketplace. We would be the Amazon of sustainable fashion. Oh, so I see. we would Almost we would neither be making them. Right. We would be more business to business. We are the go-to marketplace for women's sustainable fashion online. If you do this that, this is specifically online. Right. That so that eradicates or supplants your need for a retail store. Do you see yourself trying to run both? Um possibly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean we, you know, in our 3-5 year plan, yeah, we have plans to open other stores. You know, we've got a a 3 year lease call coming up on this in in the spring, and we'll evaluate and say, "Hey, well, what are we going to do?" Because we're not killing it here by any means, you know. Right, right. Uh, and yeah, we'll make decisions. She would move. She would shutter it. Maybe do like a fashion truck instead. Get really niche about it and do just mm. shows or blah blah blah. I think online is, you know, you could do that from anywhere. So that's always been and- a long term, you know, passive income type goal was to was to be successful online. And do you have a sense, just to reverse engineer this, do you have a sense of the uh, revenue or profit that the company must generate for this to be a business that supports your lifestyle? What, what number do we need to hit? Do you know? Uh, no, I don't know. It would be, I mean, just quick margin One calculation. One billion it would be mil- dollars. <laughs> yeah, it One would billion. be a... I mean, you'd have to have top line sales of over you know a million plus for a reasonable you know, right for reasonable income. Okay, me. yeah. And is that your objective? I mean, w- not to have a million plus necessarily, but for the business to support your lifestyle, that for your wife and perhaps even yourself, that you don't have to do the corporate job anymore. Um, it's part of a larger plan. It's not the only part of the plan that we're relying on for income. You know, and this goes back to some of the larger things like start with the why. I mean, we're very passionate about, you know, the reasons behind why we think people should, you know, be more conscious about whatever they consume. But at the same time, I'm also looking at real estate investment and that might be what produces the income more so that allows us to pursue what we really feel strongly about. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So no, I totally see what you're saying. Let let me share, because we're starting to run tight on time here. Let me share kind of the approach for you to kind of ponder, not kind of, for, for you to ponder. The, f- the first thing when it comes to finding a business is start with why. That's a book by Simon Sinek. And it's a great book on purpose. And it's going to play into the strategy I'm about to share. Additionally, Many businesses just say, I want to grow without knowing the number. we got to figure out the number, and you can back-calculate into your revenue by picking your lifestyle. So if you say, to support our lifestyle, if we had a combined income, I'm just picking an easy round number, $100,000 annually. If we had that kind of income, how big does our business need to be? And you can use profit first uh, to back-calculate that. You could say, you know, our owner's pay, we're anticipating will be 20% of our top-line revenue. Therefore, 100000 you reverse it, 
ends up being I gotta run the math now. I think it's mm. two million or whatever. Five hundred. No, five hundred. Five hundred. Five hundred. Five hundred thousand. Sorry. Yeah. I, 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 you said yeah. I should say like seven yeah. billion. Okay. Yeah. Seven billion. Seven billion. You gotta reverse engineer it, right? So then you know what your revenue target needs to be. Then we go through the surge process, and surge is five steps, Greg. The uh, and it's an acronym. S stands for separate. The nice thing is you've done this. You separate out a target audience, but you need to find out where they are congregating. When you pick out a community, the only way you can communicate with that community is to know where they're congregating. So you separate out the group. One of the triggers I wrote down, I said they may not be in the U.S. yet. England may be your opportunity. The next thing is to do the U stage, which stands to unify. It stands for unify. What is the need they have that's not being served? How can you paddle in front of that? Do, does the English community, for example, have a thirst for American clothing, American clothing designers that are sustainable? That may be an appeal. Sometimes even, you know, you're in Alaska, there can be some appeal to that. I was working with some entrepreneurs in Jamaica and said, let's re leverage the Jamaican culture. There's appeal to that and it makes you distinct. Let's leverage the reggae community uh, and use that to sell into the American market is what they were trying to pursue. So unify means there's a certain need they have. Can you satisfy it and can you do it in a distinct way that catches their attention? Step three in surge is the rally cry. And the beautiful thing is you already have it. The rally cry is what do you stand for? And the reason this is so important is that when clients start buying your clothing and they see that you're not wearing the $3 t-shirt, but you're wearing this, you know, maybe $30 sustainable top, they will get attacked. Because the, the other people, the people that didn't buy it, will say, well, why are you buying that? You could For three bucks, you can get this great little t-shirt that I'm wearing. So your audience needs to be prepared to defend themselves. Now, a super niche community like this that buys sustainable clothing, clothing already has a reason, but they may not have it concisely packaged. When you sell your products to this community, you want to educate them in saying, congratulations on buying our product. Uh, you are supporting sustainability. Do you know as a result, uh, the environmental impact is X, Y, Z, and you bullet point it out. Literally, uh, bullet pointed out so that when they are attacked for the decision, they have something to rally around, around a purpose that's congruent with you. It makes people very loyal and it helps them convert those attackers into actual customers of yours because they can convey that message. Uh, then G stands for gather. As you start selling into, we'll say, the European market in England, we sell a lot, by the way, into Australia yes. as our company, right? Uh, so we're learning that market more and more. Gather knowledge. Ask the customers, what, what, do you, what do you like about us? What don't you like about us? More importantly, observe their behavior. When you get customers buying repeatedly, you are hitting something. You're hitting that perfect note with them that's triggering them to come back. Those are the best customers to interview. Repeating customers, particularly in your market, Greg, are the best customers to target. And then you start interviewing them. Why are you buying from us? And you do more of what they like. They become your, your on-the-street marketing team. And the last stage is expansion. And this is the stage that I encourage you to consider last. I don't know the real estate you're considering, but there's a risk if you're considering going to some real estate investing that that will take up your time and it'll actually dilute your ability to further your sustainable clothing business and let the competition step in. Now, I know the real estate may be the big opportunity for you financially, but maybe then you have to go all in on that one and really build an established presence there as opposed to trying to do two things at once. So that's, in, in three or four minutes, that's the surge process. Did that kind of resonate with you? 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I've read the book. I'm on the second reading. The wife's gone over it, I think, once. So, um, honestly, not much there that I had that. I didn't already think about except for the the E. So, and uh, let me ask you about uh, the uh, the England English market. England, do you do you even think that's viable? Do you think you could go into England and, and shake some things up via e-commerce? I'm not saying you got to be flying and living out there. You may have to make a couple of trips out there though to learn the market. Do you that think- would be terrible. Yeah, <laughs> I hate to have to. <laughs> You'd have to take the travel, right? Yeah, my wife would hate that idea. Uh, you know, it's something online. We don't even offer international shipping because uh, mm. on the online store, we, we've only been really focusing on it since just before the holidays of last mm. year. Um, and probably just as uh, an easy way out, let's not offer international shipping. It's one less thing we need to worry about. And yeah. we might need to revisit that and and start poking around with some social media advertising, or at least posting specifically to different geographical reasons to kind of gauge. Because I think that's a very good point. Because there's it's super product, but it's there's there's, there's the batches are so small that right. How does anybody ever see this stuff? Right. Right. You know, when you just got a, you know, a, an industry full of s- small mom and pop, you know, self-funded entrepreneurs making really cool stuff that ju- they just can't be found. Yeah, at the early stage, I find that testing out multiple things is a good thing. In long term, you got to become more focused, but I would encourage you to try international shipping. I would try setting up a, web, a dedicated webpage saying, uh, "Are you in England?" question mark. We got products based in America that are perfect for the English community and, and start speaking to them. And I'm not just saying this as a concept. I'm a co-owner in a manufacturing business. We manufacture leather products. And Thailand is a big uh, area that buys from us. Australia is massive. Actually, that's probably our biggest customer base. Uh, Japan. And as we're discovering this, we're now interviewing, and we have been interviewing clients out there and saying, why are you buying from us? And part of it is there's a mystique to an American, in this case, these are American-made, American-made products. Um, and they said, you're the first American business that actually caters to us. Like, you you actually ship to Japan. Um, and we'll try to accommodate some of the customs regulations and so forth. So perhaps that's the big tip and takeaway it's maybe it's a small adjustment to your business but i think there may be fascinating insights so that that's the thought i want to leave you with let's mm-hmm. try to cater to england for example and to see what we get and if nothing happens nothing ventured nothing gained you know we'll we'll learn and then we'll move on but i think if you ignore that market the, the surge model identifies we've got to pick an early market that's already moving the tesla owners and if you don't see it populated around here it's still too early you're trying to sell to autonomous cars cars that drive themselves it just ain't ready yet it's great it's here in theory google's working on it but it just ain't doesn't have traction yet so i want to move a little bit more toward where we do have traction all right Mm -hmm. yeah oh yeah yeah all right Greg, we we got to go believe it or not time raced by because i was just talking (laughs) rambling (laughs) oh so greg where can people listen to the show pick up some magpie clothing right now uh, magpieclothingexchange.com okay and we'll have that in the show links Greg thanks for joining us and thanks for being such a super fan of all the stuff we're doing here oh yeah I love what you guys do it speaks to me perfectly so uh, I'm all in
Thanks, Greg. Uh, thanks, Greg. <laughs> Take care. Great job, man. Very I good. I want to go dog sledding. I want to go dog sledding. Yeah. <laughs> right? I've never done. Have you ever done dog sledding? No, I never have. Chris, ever go dog sledding? I've been to Alaska, but I have never done dog sledding. I've never been to Alaska. Oh, I've been to it's every. It's state. ridiculously fast. Oh, you probably muted me. No, we mean it's ridiculously fast. What do you mean? We, uh, a buddy of mine, we had like uh, four or five, you know, domestic dogs between us, and he had like a junior sled, and we oh, hooked all the dogs up, and like, hey, let's go dog sledding. And uh, when you try and step off the rails, even with dogs that have no idea what they're doing, you might be going like 15, 17 miles an hour. Oh, I mean, wow. They, it, yeah, I mean, they're clipping along. It's 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 wow. it's quite amazing. But yeah, it's uh, those are real athletes there. Now, now you can deliver your sustainable clothes via dog sled. That will really impress you. <laughs> I mean, yeah. take a while to get to England. New delivery method. <laughs> yeah, going across the ocean is hard. Right. But yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, so like, uh, we're going to discuss what we learned about in a second. Um, Chris, Christine, and I will do a recap. But first, I want to thank our corporate partners. Next, Eva. Thank yep. you. Who else? Fundera. Yep, that's right. Mm. Receipt Bank. Yes, uh-huh. and there's one more. Fundbox. Fundbox. <laughs> I want to thank them all. I want to give a particular shout out to Nextiva. Yeah. Uh, Nextiva is sponsoring ProfitCon 2016. Yeah, I hope you're coming. Yes. Uh, yep, they're doing they're doing some amazing stuff. They give away stuff. Oh, they're just they're just a fun group. Um, ProfitCon 2016. It's happening September 30th, is it? September 29th through October 1st. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. Nice. So go go to ProfitFirstProfessionals.com, click on Upcoming Events, get your ticket. We're going to talk all about profit. we got some amazing guests that have turned around their businesses with profit. We have experts speaking. Yes. I'll be saying a couple of keynotes. There's a magician. There's a ma- <laughs> oh, yeah, there's a little surprise magician. There's cool things. And next Eve is going to be there. And I have a hey, sound Chris. clip. I have a sound clip yeah. that encapsulates the energy of ProfitCon. Bruh. Yes! Oh, oh. good timing, oh. bro. That was a brat. Oh, nice. That's nice. exactly, nice. dude. Um, lay it on me. What did you learn today? Well, I like the fact that Greg is up in Alaska. I've been to Alaska once, and uh, there's not a lot of people up there. That is, it's just nature. It's really nice. I mean, there are towns, there are cities. Obviously, Anchorage is a big city, but uh, it's. I love the fact that he's there, doing what he wants to do, living out his mission, and making it work with what's there. And he's, you can tell he's savvy enough. He's thinking, you know, branching out online. He's not mm. rushing into anything. He's kind of just taking it slow. He's, uh, well, he's reading your books to make sure he does it right. Uh, I just like what he's doing and I'm, I'm fascinated by it. And plus, uh, we have Magpies here in Colorado Springs. So I like the name of his company. Uh, it, is, <laughs> it is a cool name. My takeaway was uh, totally outside of what we were talking about is he's a mega fan of our show. And I always expect someone just like me will like the show who's hyper and can't stop talking. And he is much more calculated and thought out. Uh, and I think that's a cool balance that what we're doing here is appealing to different types of, types of mindsets. And it's not just clones of Mike out there that are hyper. Clones of Mike. Yeah. Yeah. So that, I think that was cool. I love, love how nichified yes. he was. To pick a category and go that deep is fantastic. My concern is, if you're making seventy thousand, you clearly have a niche. right, you know, you got seventy thousand dollars of purchase, seventy thousand dollars of purchases happening, but you're not hitting the core of the opportunity. You're fitting on the hitting on the fringe, clearly. So, got to find that better spot. Maybe it's England. Would- yeah. No, I'm focusing on a niche too, and more importantly, speaking to your customers and finding out mm. what they like, what they don't like, and then expanding on that to help propel your business forward is huge yeah i think so 
I didn't, you know, I didn't even know the the market sustainable clothing existed. Uh, it makes yeah. sense. Yeah, it does. What's it made of? Like hemp? Is that the thing? Hemp is the big thing. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> is yeah. It? Hemp, I think so. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to find that out in our next episode. Chris. <laughs> Chris, yes, well, listen. What if people want to leave comments? You Give us all that stuff. Right? If you want to leave a comment, I challenge you right now to leave a comment. Go to ProfitFirstPodcast.com. You'll see a bunch of posts of all the, our episodes. Leave a comment on one. Ask a question. You know, call Mike a funny name. You know, get, maybe what was your favorite uh, site to see in Alaska? Uh, mm. you know, I like... I like the... Prince William Sound and then I'll Isn't Park. Olympic Park in Alaska? Where's that? I'm, uh, Olympic. Um, uh, oh, I don't know. I'm, just, I'm typing it in. I've never been there. I don't know. <laughs> he's searching. I, know, he's, I don't he's, think let so. Let me take a moment while I Google. Yeah, Olympic <laughs> National Park. Yes, I was right. Mm. Oh. I think it's the biggest national park in the world. Oh, that's, uh, that's at cool. least in the, at least in okay. the U.S. There you go. So, uh, okay. You can also <laughs> rate and review this podcast. You know, you want to throw Mike McCallowitz five stars? Go ahead. iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, wherever you listen it. to podcasts. That's awesome. And of course, we thank all our corporate partners, but we thank most of all the the organization that's putting on ProfitCon in September, which is mm. Profit First Professionals. Mm. Talk about you know, mainstreaming something that's a no-brainer. This is crazy. Mm. This is just, mm. it's like butter. butter. Here's the deal. I want to talk about Alaska. The <laughs> Russians, if the, when the Russians sold Alaska to the United States for a penny an acre or whatever, they should have consulted with a profit-first professional. We have someone <laughs> in Russia. And they would have said, dude, you can make a little more money. Like, that's a pretty nice state up there. The Americans, listen, the Americans, they pay a lot of money for things. Um, why don't you charge a little more? But they didn't, and look yeah. what happened. Now, I'm grateful, being an American, I'm just <laughs> sorry for our Russian comrades. Now, here's the deal in your business. You are making decisions based upon bank balance accounting. You're making decisions based upon your gut, right? How many times have you said that? Like, oh, we yeah. should do this, I, I think we should do that. And I get it, but that becomes the bane of profitability. There is a better way. We've developed a system, it's called Profit First, that manages cash. It allows you actually not to change who you are. It works within the parameters of your behavior, but channels you toward more profitability. Now, that's the core system. We have the experts, the trainers, who stick, make sure you stick with the system and take your profitability to the highest level possible. So this is what you need to do. Go to ProfitFirstProfessionals.com, click on the Find button, it's real simple. It says find on it. <laughs> Click on it and then fill out the little form. This is the way we we will qualify the best prop first professional to help you out. And I promise you'll get a better deal when you grow your business uh, than the Russians did selling you Alaska. <laughs> and we you'll be far more profitable. Just, yeah, and I, for my Russian listeners, I, I feel for you. I mean, you could have got more money. But you didn't. Oh, they can get, get a profit Russian first profit first professional. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and then, listen, no matter where you are, come to ProfitCon, right? ProfitCon 2016. In New Jersey. In New Jersey. Okay. Um, which was not bought from the Russians, as far as I understand. <laughs> Go to ProfitFirstProfessionals.com. Click on the upcoming events. Get your ticket now while they're discounted. We're at the early bird rates. So not much longer. Go there now and then meet us out at this conference. And uh, we'll tell more stories about Alaska and Russians. There you go. ProfitFirstProfessionals.com. That's the website. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Christina. Thanks again to Greg Scully. And, of course, everyone over there in the background, Obi-Ron Kenobi and the Hawaiian Lumberjack. Why, why aren't there more pictures of the Hawaiian Lumberjack? Yeah, we got to get He's more. He's camera shy. Oh. <laughs> yeah, we, we got to get him more, more up here. But now we have Emma 
who's called yeah. Rookie. Yeah. We got Mo. We have Lisa. We got to get her nickname. Yeah, we got a lot. She'll of, get one. Yeah, we need some more nicknames. Well, Actually, maybe we should you. have a contest. Vote for nicknames. <laughs> there you Sorry. go. Well, thanks, guys. This has been fun, as always. There you go. See you guys. See you next time. See ya. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> you know what we should ask is for people to send in sound clips of them grunting. Oh, oh that's a good idea. Right, that's a good I idea. held back. I was all ready, but I didn't want Greg, to. Greg! That's what we needed from you. A good grunt, a good Chewbacca. Uh, I, I, I did a really good job being reserved. Can Let's, you do a Chewbacca growl <laughs> real quick? Greg? <laughs> That was pretty really? good. <laughs> and hey, I wow. think we should all do some grunting. Why not? Oh! That's right. I blew a gasket. Greg, uh, oh. we should have done that. You know what we're going to do this day going forward? My, my wife our... just opened the door. She's like, what the hell is what going, the hell's going on? Of course. That's awesome. I'm, in the, I'm, I'm just in the back room at our store. <laughs> Yeah, now you lost all, all six customers out there. They were about to buy a shirt, running away. I told you he was a creepy man. I told you. Yeah. Oh no. They're like, there's someone oh. in the back room grunting. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Is that the bathroom? Exactly. <laughs> oh, my lordy lord. <laughs>